1: Fara yay All is Mi me ka No. <laughs> pitola goyi oy masen ko ashi ko lom ko lom be khakhma ko lom me khakhma Ah, Ay, ah, Ay, roimo Amen. Tu vi se we elohimenu, kai ei la be il te my i am all He may call the Promised Land. On Shabbos, you'll
2: be able to. He may call you to the Promised Land. On
1: Shabbos, you the we usne ka bolo n
0: Shirley Williger and Company off of the, um, rest of Kalbach Shabbos CD here at JM in the AM. Yeah, I'm stunned because I just, I just looked at the weather forecast. I am stunned by some of the numbers I'm seeing. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Uh, before that, you heard Ben Schenker, the great one, with Hakoyo Ducha off of the Mudgets Live. Shal Shell I'm going to do another couple off of that CD because um, I've rediscovered it recently, and it's just unbelievable. A couple of great songs on there. Shalshalas Connections, it's a, a CD that includes not only Shalshalas, but they do material with the Maccabees and A.K.A. Pella and Shlaimi Gertner. And uh, the song you heard was Anam wrote with Eli Avidani. And um, I think I'll do the Shlomo Katz one next. Off of that uh, collection. And Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a Friday on this December the 18th, day six in the month of Teves, the year 5776, Tavshinayin Vov. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayigash. Oh, and I meant to check this candlelighting time. Give me a moment. We'll see if this uh, the time that we have here makes sense. Because... um Oh, yeah. Actually does make sense. Candle lighting time at 4.11 on this era of Shabbos. 4.11, your official candle lighting time. Tuesday is a fast day. Tuesday will be a Sarabateve, say fast day. Keep that in mind. Here's the weather forecast we were talking about. 51 right now with 81% humidity Windsor West at 4 miles an hour. Mostly sunny today. Well, actually, morning clouds, and then it'll turn mostly sunny with... um a high temperature of 51. Then tonight, mostly clear and 33. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell me this is it. Don't tell me this is finally the turn toward real winter. Don't tell me this is where, during this winter of 1516, we're going to have to take out the winter coats and actually make believe or, in reality, uh, act like it's winter. Tomorrow, Shabbos, mostly sunny, high only 43. Hmm. I'll take a quick look at the uh 10-day forecast here. Uh Sunday goes up a drop, Monday more, Tuesday more, Wednesday more, and Thursday more. Wow, okay. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought. Next Thursday we might be up to 67 degrees again. All right. So this scare of uh actual winter actually starting may be a bit exaggerated. Oh, by the way, speaking of next week, um I, I never, I, I shouldn't say never, because I believe it's happened before because of other circumstances, but I generally um, will never take off on December the 25th, as um, I think that's understandable. But next Friday, I am the guest speaker at a very special gathering taking place at Mayanot Yeshiva High School. So I will be um, taking off next Friday, and I will be uh, joining everybody at Mayanot and very much looking forward to it. And that is the reason why I'll not be here, and that's the reason why we will not have a weekly update next week. Um and then things will get back to normal the following Friday. So a uh, JM the AM great substitute host, I guarantee you, for next Friday. And again, I will be uh at my Not Yeshiva High School on December the twenty fifth. Very much looking forward to that. And um and generally again, you know. I'm always encouraged by our listeners and uh, even by myself to uh, to always be uh, working on the 25th. Um, it is a wonderful holiday for many of our neighbors and friends. It is uh, not a holiday for our community. So, um, but this is the this is uh, an exception that I'm making because of the invitation that I've been granted by the wonderful people at Mayanot Yeshiva High School, and I look forward to seeing them and speaking to them. Uh, next Friday morning, JM in the AM as we continue at ninety-one point one FM, ninety point one FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at ninety-one point nine on the FM dial. Round the world in the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
1: we've been by Who should have them so? We might have a shore. The shame is sure.
3: Lashem ha Yeshua ala
1: The v'yaviyah, the Avaya, the
2: Shabosone in the Shkoa Zikro Kerea Hani Hoa Yona Matsavo Manoa Fisham Yanu Hu Yigi Ehoa Yona Yona Matsa Yona Matsavo Manoa Fisham Yanu Hu Yanu Yigi Ehoa Yom Nikhbad Livnei Emunim Zihirim L'shamra Avosuvanim Chakuk Bishnei Luchos Avanim Meiravonim V'yameskova Yona, Yona Matza
1: Yona Matza V'omanoach L'sham Yanuchu Yanuchu Yigi Echovah Yigi su di anu aseme kon hu di bebekan the good of Yaha, 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 they Live- Aha oh, oh Aha oh oh, oh. sa <speaking> de <in Spanish>
0: Welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. I want to thank those listening from around the world at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. It's Arab Shabbos Parshas Vayigash with candle lighting at 4.11. 4.11 is candle lighting time. Tuesday's a fast day. That'll be a Yeah, In this area, it's pretty short. It ends sometime after 5 o'clock. Uh, there are parts of the world where it's gonna be very long, where it's the longest fast day of the year. How do you like that? David Gabe had Yom Zay. you heard Yom Shabbat Stone from both Udi Davidi and Cole Zimra. Shal Sheles with the Yala Vyavo off of connections and the Hine Kel done with Lomo Katz off of connections. Wanna make sure to get, wanted to make sure to get those two in at some point early this morning for some dedicated listeners who love that album. And I hope they were listening. I have a feeling, have a feeling they were. Anybody who was up all night, uh, in Bergen County, New Jersey. I have a feeling they were tuned in. They were anxious to get to JM&AM this morning after pulling an all-nighter. Friday morning in America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9, in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Round the world in the web, jmn.org. Golly, it's on the background with our news from Israel coming up. Malcolm Homeline, weekly update at about 7.40. A special guest 20 minutes from now, who not only is going to be spending Pesach at Club Kosher, but somebody who has revolutionized the, how do I put this, the Jewish barbecue category? I guess. Uh, we'll speak with him. And I'll reveal who it is about 20 minutes from now right here at JM in the AM. Somebody very significant, if you like really new and incredible concepts in kosher food. Let's put it that way. And, yes, he will be at Club Kosher with us down in Puerto Rico for Pesach. That'll be coming up uh, right here at JM in the AM. Galetal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Bo Tov from JM in the AM.
4: גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פרשת סילבן שלום, שר התחבורה הישראל קאץ אומר כי הוא סומך על מערכת המשפט בישראל שתבדוק את הטענות נגד השר שלום. אני חושבת
0: שבערגש שהרצה משפטי מורה על, על, על פיקה, אנחנו עושים כולנו לכבד את רשויות החוק. ולאפשר
5: לחסות את עבוד עתם, זו הגובה הכי נכונה. כולנו סומכים על מערכת עפיפת החוק,
3: איך אנחנו צריכים
4: בדואה הטובה ביותר? יושב ראש ישראל ביתנו, אביגדור ליברמן, שהיה שר החוץ בעת פרשת המרמרה, אמר כי ההסכם עם טורקיה רע לישראל. הנזק המדיני כבר נגרם, ואצלנו תמיד קודם כל רצים לספר
3: לחבר'ה.
4: התועלת הרגעית או תהילה הרגעית זה תחליף למדיניות וחכמה. ליברמן נוסיף כי מפלגתו לא תצטרף לקואליציה אנחנו לא מאמינים בממשלה הזו ולא ניה חברים בה כי לשונו ראש הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן אומר כי וושינגטון נכשלה בניסיונה לקדם את תהליך השלום. ברעיון לטלוויזיה היוונית גילה אבו מאזן כי בביקורו האחרון באזור הודה שר של ארצות הברית ג'ון קרי כי יש כיפאון בשיחות. אמריקה, <אמריקה, <אמריקה נכשלה וההוכחה לכך היא האחרון כאן קרי לא הביא דבר הקשור בתהליך השלום. דברי אבו מאזן מהם הביא כתבנו ג'קי חו. כ-50 אזרחי שוודיה הפגינו מול השגרירות השוודית בתל אביב במחאה (...), על מדיניות הממשלה בסטוקולם כלפי ישראל. המפגינים קראו לממשלת שוודיה לבדק כי הכספים המועברים לרשות (...]. הפלסטינית יגיעו לנזקקים ולא כמזכורות למחבלים. כמה, עשרות פעילים של ארגון תג מאיר קיימו בצהריים מפגנת תמיכה במשיא המדינה ראובן ריבלין מול מעונו בירושלים. הנשיא יצא אליהם. אני
6: מאוד מודה לכולם, כולנו מפגינים בעד. כולנו ועד כולנו. תודה רבה. תודה
4: תודה. כתבתנו שיר ההדס נקר מוסרת כי המפגינים נשאו שלטים עליהם נכתב, ריבלין גאים בך ודי להסתה. روسيا اخلا لنتях
2: ات الكوفسه الشهوره لمتوسكراف והשחורה יוכלו להוכיח שהמטוס תספי שטרה של סוריה.
4: התחזית הלעלה ומחר יוסיף לרדת גשם בתחילת השבוע תורגש עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ולסיום, הקומיקאי ג'רי סיינפלד נחת לפני זמן קצר בישראל. כתבת התרבות אינבל גזית. הקומיקאי היהודי נחת בישראל במטוסו אפרתי היישר מניו יורק, הוא אישה בשלושת הימים הקרובים בסוויטה הנשיאותית במלון דן בתל אביב. איתו הגיע גם הקומיקאי מרק שיף, שהיה בעבר הכותב הראשי של ג'י לנו, להישמש מופע החימום של ג' Elle החדשות de socio recht
1: Come on, Valer. No
0: AM, Shabbos takes me home, it's Ellie Schwabel. comes off the Heart's Mind CD here at JM and the AM. Amovana, done by Yaakov Shweki. Before that, he'll be at the hass Concert, of course, headlining on January the 10th. Ticket information at com. H-A-S-C, concert.com. Diaspora had Shabbat Shalom, and you heard Aryeh Kunzler open up the hour with Ms. Marshiar off of his CD entitled From the Depths. 21 minutes after the hour, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayigash with candle lighting at 411. He is one of the people that we have been so anxious to speak to ever since we were introduced to his unique concept, which had the nerve to declare itself an addiction, <laughs> and frankly, <laughs> I think it's lived up to its reputation. Uh, Izzy of Izzy's Brooklyn Smokehouse <clears throat> uh, has quickly become a uh, an unbelievable uh, addiction and trend in the world of kosher food. And Izzy's one of the people that's part of that amazing culinary lineup that's going to be at Club Kosher for Pesach down in Puerto Rico, where we're going to be. And just one of the reasons why you're going to enjoy an amazing time, if you're with us, uh, down there uh, for Pesach 5776. Uh, here's our opportunity to speak with Izzy of Izzy's Barbecue Addiction. Brooklyn, Izzy's Brooklyn Smokehouse, as it's officially known, on Troy Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Izzy, welcome to JM in the AM. Good
7: morning, welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Sounds like you had a late night last night. I am assuming that every night it's difficult for you to close your restaurant because people continuously are coming in uh, you know, constantly. Am I right or wrong?
7: Absolutely. And uh, besides that, we're um, cooking 24-7, so we don't ever really close ever. We're, besides for Thursday night is the only time that we don't actually cook ever. Um, but besides that, we're cooking 24-7 the rest of the week.
0: Now, why has this worked? Frankly, it is a a relatively small space as restaurants go. It is a new addition relatively speaking to the uh, you know to the long list of kosher restaurants out there and as I said, it 's a pretty bold statement to indicate that people who uh, who frequent your establishment are in fact going to get hooked on your barbecue addiction. Why has this whole thing worked over the last few months
7: um. As you know, the name is Barbecue Addiction. That, that, that name is for a reason pretty much the way I got hooked in the beginning. That, that's how it all started. And uh, pretty much what well, I'm pretty much doing the same thing is that, you know, barbecue is something that's people, that people really love. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a family food. It's, it's pretty much it's for, it's for everyone. Um, and that, that's how that's part started. Me. And old times time is bringing it to everybody else. And, you know, you're putting love and care into the, into the food. Um, no shortcut as we do. And just, you know, people can't stop eating it, pretty much. And it goes for me as well. I still to get sick of it yet. I eat even on a daily basis. Um, and, yeah, pretty much.
0: Boy, it sounds like this thing has affected your voice, frankly. <laughs> must be. must be.
7: Uh... <clears throat> yeah, it's a long hours. People think it's easy, but barbecue is a commitment. It's not just it's something you take up at a uh, profession. You know?
0: I like that. It's, it a, a, it's a,
7: a hobby for me, and it became pretty much my, my job, but something I love doing. Unbelievable. Is it
0: possible for people to get seats in your restaurant, especially on popular nights?
7: Um, Absolutely. You know, Our turnover rate is really quickly. You know, the food comes out in two or three minutes. Um, our, so most someone I food usually is half an hour. We're also um, expanding um, our store as well. We're taking over both of on the other side of us. So within the next few months, we should be at over 65 seats plus another 45 seats for a party room as well. But on any given night... I
0: guarantee you will have a seat. Wow, Izzy from Izzy's Barbecue, uh, uh, officially as uh, as we said, it's the it's uh, Izzy's uh, Brooklyn Smokehouse on Troy Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Does that concern you that you are already this quickly expanding and this unbelievable charm of people, you know, waiting sometimes, you know, God knows how long online to get in, and that whole atmosphere that's created. Do you, do you worry that that's going to be missing once you expand?
7: Um, I, I worry, but at the same time, I worry for the people who are in traveling two-hour-by-drive or coming from great, and I can <laughs> find for even once they pop published, i the only ones who want to see tea. and I see them standing in line, and you know, I, I used to be one of them, where you know, I used to go restaurant to restaurants and wait in line, and, you know, and you know, I used to do it, so I, I just feel for everybody, I want everybody to have I want everybody
0: what what's the furthest you've heard? Uh, you just mentioned Long Island, and we know that I, I've met plenty of people that go from so many different places to your establishment. What's the craziest story you've heard? You've been in the restaurant, and someone at a table has told you they've traveled from where?
7: Well, some people who, who you know they said they came from the New Zealand, but they were not going back until they came here. I had someone came from Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> the second went to the restaurant, he drove back to Georgia. So we had people from far, Why?
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, by the way, folks, there's a website, dot uh, com. All right. Uh, we mentioned that you're part of this culinary all-star lineup that's going to be heading down to Club Kosher. We're going to be there in Puerto Rico for Pesach. Does your, uh, culinary format work within the Passover rules?
7: Um, pretty much we cook with, I mean, obviously, you know, we cook with, um, you know, firewood, salt and pepper, pretty much all those stuff, for your, um, Sure, for a couple of bucks. So, pretty much, we really restricting You know, you know, you give us land. You know, we're pretty, we're pretty versatile. So, you know, if, if you come by, you're sure going have the unique experience, as you say.
0: So, it's as simple as that. What we're used to in your Brooklyn Smokehouse, which is such a big hit, you're going to be able to duplicate down there in Puerto Rico. Well,
7: most of the items, I can't see a but plenty of items and some new items as well. I'm, I'm going to be there absolutely.
0: Um, what? In your industry, your menu is considered a limited menu, a specialty menu. Uh, have you ever considered expanding the menu to other items, or basically, this is this is what you're offering and that's it?
7: Um, we're offering great barbecue. That's all we offer. You know, I personally don't like when I walk into a restaurant and I see twenty pages to pick from. I don't know what you know what we're doing. So we pretty much have our basic menu. Every item on the menu, I really like um and we also do a special this week. We had this uh we so we did a smoked prime rib. Uh, we had a um, um, smoked lamb belly, like we constantly do special every week. We innovated, but the point is everything on the menu is there, there for a reason, not just to be there. Unbelievable! Um, I'm and very you are a great of a limited of menu.
0: And now that it's Friday morning, and people are already thinking about, I'm sure, visiting you on Sunday. Uh, by the way, are you open tomorrow night?
7: I'm um, absolutely not.
0: You're not open. Tomorrow. Um, You're not open on Saturday night. Nope. Um, so people, I'm sure, are thinking about coming over now on Sunday. Do you take reservations or not? Is it just first come, first served?
7: We don't take reservations, um, but obviously if someone's coming from really far away, we, we always get a decent You see in a week. You know. like I, when you come to my restaurant, you're pretty much getting the same treatment. When you come to my house, whatever it is. We, we try to see people as fast as we can. You know, and we, we don't ever turn anybody away. unless they're committed to coming, we, we'll go over them.
0: What do you think of this concept that Club Kosher has created—a uh, culinary all-star lineup and really just a whole, you know, many different—and it's not just about eating; it's also about demonstrations and learning and having fun with everything that people uh, do, you know, behind the counter. Um, what do you think of this whole concept of being part of an all-star lineup like that?
7: Honestly, I think as far as marketing, I think it's some um, genius. You're trying to bring the ultimate culinary experience, uh, you know, to people. You know, in this program, you know, you're paying for it, even if the pricing—the pricing can be very reasonable. If it is other onion programs, but you're getting pretty much the top, top of tier food. So it's, like, it's, it's
0: really cool. I'm really excited about it. Well, there you go. Izzy of Izzy's Brooklyn Smokehouse. They're calling him on the Club Kosher website, a meat genius. Said he'll be manning the pit of your Passover in Paradise Holomoid Barbecues, bringing Texas to Puerto Rico. The pit boss and master smoker knows his stuff. The eatery isn't called Barbecue Addiction for nothing. There are 4 nights of Holomoid to enjoy his delicious uh, fare and uh, he'll make sure your Holomoid uh will be extra special. Izzy, we look forward to seeing you down there. It was great being in the restaurant. Uh it's it, it looks like it's going to be a fabulous Pesach program and uh, continued success. You are on an, you are on an unbelievable run. I'm sure you're feeling it and more and more people are learning about it every single day. So continued good luck to you. Thank you very, very much. Another good job. There he is. Izzy from Izzy's Brooklyn Smokehouse. He is part of that all-star lineup. Mayor Lowe's and Seth Warshaw and Kasuchi Tanabe, Jeff uh, Rohatner, ro- 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 Rohatner, I hope I have that pronounced correct, Albert Bijo, Chef Chaya, they're all part of this all-star lineup at Club Kosher for Pesach 5776. Information at 718-336-4201, 718-336-4201. You go to clubkosher.com, and of course that is where we are going to be situated for Pesach 2016, and we look forward to uh, spending it with people like Izzy and Rabbi Steve Berg is going to be there, which is a great spiritual asset for us. The all-star lineup on the culinary side, the all-star music, including the Moshav band. I mean, there's a lot going on, that, um that uh, everyone is very excited about for, uh, this coming Pesach. If you have not yet visited Izzy's in Brooklyn, check it out. Uh, we've been there on a couple of occasions and it really is unbelievable. Unbelievably spectacular. Uh, information again, go to clubkosher.com, clubkosher.com or use the uh, telephone number. Friday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM, 7.31 in the morning with candle lighting at 4.11 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayigash. Coming up, Malcolm Homeline weekly update, and plenty more if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
2: Don't share that.
6: i you. ihr sei laami erföil sei markta kii kai ta il kho boyde ba yekem beigerl il boys legem kii kem I'm not a I shall pass I love i I let us say you die. I saw ki I, aile I, I, ki I, 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 kai I, 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 Ki-i-i, boi, chau-vass! Ki-i-i, ki
5: Shalom, tere bala,
0: In the AM, the great Ripshlomo Kalbach, of course. Before that, the uh, Friedman family, under the leadership of uh, the great Avraim Avram Fried, off of a CD they created called My Zadis Miros," which is great. Uh, that was the... Uh, that was a Yomze. And before that, a brand new Yomzeh. Yom Zeli Yisrael, done by Baruch Levine off of the CD Banim Aten. That He has a lot of great songs in that album. That one is really spectacular. I love that song. That's brand new from Baruch Levine. It's JM in the AM. Good morning. Time for the weekly update. I want to thank our friends at jewishworldview.com who continuously recommend our incredible live stream to their wonderful readers and I thank them for that. Check out thousands of articles online at JewishWorldview.com. Um Also want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com who include us and in a whole bunch of material from our Many many days of broadcasting uh, in their news feed, which has become a major hit. I think as big a hit as their uh, Simcha feed, frankly. Go to OnlySimchas.com, dot com. You'll see what I mean. And I thank them. A weekly update note next week, and and this is unusual because I always work on December twenty fifth, and I think most of us, you know, make a point of that. But uh, I have been invited next week to uh, be the guest speaker at Mayanot Yeshiva High School in Teaneck, New Jersey. I'm very much looking forward to it. And um, uh, Chava and Yonina Siegel have indicated that I will be off from JMNAM next Friday. Uh, and I will be there in my note uh, with a presentation. Again, I thank them. So the weekly update will take a week off next week. Malcolm with a well-deserved vacation. And then we will reconvene. Two weeks from today, Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and, in fact, joins us for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
8: No, good morning. I'll still do the broadcast, except no one will hear it. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you practically do it in your sleep at this point, I would think, all these issues. You probably think about them and dream about them day and night.
8: I wouldn't say it's a dream.
0: In fact, twenty years More ago, twenty years ago, people used to say about you, you're obsessed with Islamic fundamentalism. Remember that? Now, all of a sudden, the world has woken up and has seen that your obsession, in fact, became a true
8: reality. But anyway, it, it was a reality then. It just people didn't want to recognize it in the same way about Iran that people said, you know, yeah. who cares? Iran's not going to be important in the nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two. And we warned about this. All of these things were...
0: If anybody goes back to our programming from just, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to 20 years ago, they'll hear it almost every single time. Uh, Oh, and by the way, before we get into some other issues, I have to ask you, because if we have a connection to somebody who has frequented the Prime Minister's house, I need to ask you this question. Have you ever been bitten by the Prime Minister's dog, Malcolm? It seems to be a big story out there. The Prime Minister's dog misbehaving on the holiday of Hanukkah. Have you ever been a victim?
8: Not, uh, I was never bitten by the prime minister or his dog, <laughs> but my, I did take, uh, um, some of my grandchildren were invited there on, on when we were in uh, Sukkot in Israel Yeah, and I the hope dog it was hang, uh, hung around. I think it's only when there is a big crowd ah. that this mutt, uh, got, gets activated. All right. Uh, it, it is a long story to the, to the dog and why the prime minister and his wife adopted it. Right. Uh, but, uh, he was very friendly. I could say that when we were there.
0: Yeah, okay, thank God your family made it out safe and sound. Baruch Hashem. I'll tell I you about it too. I, I, it's funny though. You know, you you wonder about what some of the most influential newspapers in the world are writing about, and websites are writing about, and they were obsessed with that story. Um, I I know that it, it, it may be fruitless to discuss this because we're not going to get anywhere. But it's just I watched the Tuesday night debate. Uh, I, I see those who want to replace Barack Obama as president of the United States. It, it is, uh, and and you may just reassure me that this is all. In, I, in fact, I spoke to Michael Fragan on the air about it earlier in the week, and he said, "Look, there's there's no other option but to do this." The the, t- the 30 second answers of how a candidate as president would defeat ISIS to to me is almost comical. What do you think as you hear these presentations in in short form by these armchair generals?
8: Uh, To be very honest, I listened to very little of it, and I try to engage in much more productive. uh, And in that case, we were involved with outreach to U.N. ambassadors and uh, uh, other officials at that hour on some of the critical issues. And and one of the results this week, uh, yesterday, the U.N. actually recognized Yom Kippur as a holiday and will excuse employees and will not hold official sessions on Yom Kippur. And kudos especially to the Israeli mission to the U.N., but many of us who supported it. Um, although its uh, its impact it does not really change the nature of the U.N. and its uh, continuing biases against Israel, it's still an important recognition that yeah. with all the other holidays on its schedule. So, I mean,
0: you've told us uh, many times about symbolism and recognitions, obviously, it's important. Yeah.
8: Right. And I, I do, So I do not put a lot of stock in the debates. You really don't get a fair... Uh, uh, explication of the views and as the field uh, is winnowed and we get to uh, a smaller number who can have a serious discussion I think it will be of much more interest
0: Speaking of the UN, by the way, there was a Security Council resolution about cutting off ISIS funding this week, am I right?
8: There is a resolution about uh, that uh, to sanction ISIS Um, and there was also a criticism of the, of the Iranians over the missile launch, that actually now two missile launches, clearly designated as a violation of Security Council Resolution 1929. But uh, one of the answers given by an American official was that, that the, the debate itself is a form of UN action and meaning sanction, because till now there's really been no consequence for what is a very blatant act and challenge to the West in the in in the uh, launching of uh, the edem uh, uh, the um, ballistic missile that was uh, fired so the the and then when we had the reports of the iea to the united nations the international atomic energy agency which said that number one the work did not stop iran's nuclear work did not stop in 2003 went to at least 2009 and beyond and that uh, while they don't have hard evidence about what happened thereafter. The fact is that they were not given access to the information to the PMDs, as they're called, the past military uh, dimensions.
0: Poss- Possible military dimensions, according to your press uh,
8: well, well, you can, it, There's a lot of on it. <laughs> uh, it. depends if you it's Rashi Tyson says, it's past military developments. <laughs> there are a lot of different, uh, but it all ends up meaning what did they do before, because that becomes the baseline. How can you measure what they've done now or what they're doing now, if you if you don't know where they came from, but now, I'm, what but was the base. So, but I'm,
0: but, I'm fact, conf- but when you and the organization came out against the vote, what was the vote? The vote was to say what
8: by the uh, I. Well, it ADA. wasn't a vote. This was a recommendation of a panel of experts that was convened by the uh, Security Council, and their uh, findings were, were were what was reported. So there wasn't mm. really uh, a, a vote. Um, and so the decision, as described, was really political, not practical. And the feeling is that all of this set just sends the wrong message. They say the panel of experts that were convened said in this confidential report that the Imad launch, meaning this missile, was a was a violation, and that it, it does not say what will be the consequences um, about the the. Uh, Will the United Nations take any action that will send a message to Iran and to others that they're serious? Will this become an excuse for Iran, to, again, to threaten that it will pull out if we don't go along with it? So we keep uh, overlooking these uh, actions, and we're rushing towards Implementation Day, which could come as early as January, and then the process for the release of funds, etc., cetera, will, will have begun. And, that and obviously has great significance, and especially as we see... Iran's activities, whether in South America, in other places, aside from the human rights violations, aside from the global support for terror, aside from the nuclear program, all moving ahead, and its nefarious role continues.
0: And you've described to us uh, uh, many, many times. The, um, the the that once the money starts, right? Once that process begins, it's going to happen so fast, right? It's going to absolutely.
8: Yeah. It, it will. And the funds will not end up benefiting the people. The funds will obviously be going to all of these massive expenditures. We see that the Iranians, for instance, are are drawing down their troops in Syria. Now, we're not sure whether it's because that they're already facing a reaction to the loss of life or because they want to sacrifice others and let the, the Russians uh, bomb and let the uh, Hezbollah fight. And Hezbollah, by the way, has lost at least 1,500 of their fighters and 5,000 wounded. And remember, out of a force of a total of, of perhaps 20,000, that losing 6,500 fighters uh, as active participants is a, a, a huge blow. And the, um, the, the reports are that the Iranians are withdrawing their elite troops, perhaps replacing them with Afghani and other fighters that they're recruiting um, and the IRGC has also suffered loss, and their losses are of officers and uh, till now, hezbollah hid the the losses, not even holding uh, funerals or public funerals now, for some strange reason they 've started to to hold public funerals and putting the the flag the hezbollah flag on the coffins uh, and this is bound to create more of a backlash amongst their their supporters and amongst the, the uh, it, it, Lebanese people is as it, they see the casualties.
0: Is it a statement to their supporters? Is it a statement of independence or one that, you know, that, that they, and I assume you mean Iran, right? I mean, basically, mm-hmm. it, that, that they have to be wary of what their, uh, you know, uh, colleagues might do or how they're going to behave out there? Like, could it be some type of signal to Iran? Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, It's very hard to tell. I don't know anybody who has yet come up with uh, an explanation. It could be that they are trying to build nationalistic fervor and say, look at the price we're paying to fight the enemy because it's against ISIS. It's not uh, a war to liberate Syria anymore. This is a war along the Lebanese-Syrian border, mostly, for them, uh, and, and that they are fighting against, you know, the danger of ISIS coming across the border. Because remember, the initial reaction of a lot of them was, we, we signed up to fight Israel, not to fight in Syria. Now you're seeing that there there is um, a, a shift in that regard.
0: It must. It, it actually might frustrate Hezbollah that the attention has gotten away from the real enemy, so to speak.
8: Well, it does frustrate them, but they remember, number one, are wholly owned subsidiary of Iran and have to right. do their bidding. Number two, they have been enlisted uh, and invited in by Assad, and they are part of the coalition with the Russians in Iran and with, uh, with other forces there. And they, they are also fighting against uh, al-Qaeda and others whom they seen as, see as ideological as well as uh, political enemies.
0: Uh, just back to my original thing with the whole you know UN resolution about cutting off ISIS funding it, it, I I know that it probably has no teeth and doesn't mean much but what 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 would it be officially that if a UN nation if a UN member would go ahead and fund them then they would be criticized they would be sanctioned I mean is that is that generally what they're what the UN Security Council is trying to say here that we're not going to tolerate if one of our members actually funds ISIS
8: Well funding ISIS uh, it, it would be seen as an act of support of terror but it, right. it it's it's more, I have to say, that the actions um, at the United Nations are are less significant, I think, than what we saw in the Congress, where there are real actions being taken by members of Congress, and you have a vote against Hezbollah that was 225 to 0, imposing sanctions, you have uh, 425 to 0. Uh, then you have um, uh, other actions against the proposals about Iran and Iran's violation, especially about the um, issue of the missile launch and whether there are consequences and the feeling that Iran is continuing to, to get away with the murder. And that really can have practical implications when you look at what the, what the significance of the American legislative initiatives. And they're gaining uh, broader support for across the aisle. So it shows yeah. that Democrats also are very concerned about the consequences of the deal and its implementation if uh you know that that they are passing and, and introducing and i think we'll see in the in the new year in the new session uh, even more significant uh, legislative initiatives
0: wow does it say much politically about the president and the fact that his party is uh you know joining in re- what really is bipartisan support for all this in congress or you'd expect this no matter who the president would be
8: no, I think uh, I think Iranian actions are are proving that the concerns about the the deal were legitimate
0: and across think, the aisle bipartisan. Uh,
8: uh, yes, and when you see, for instance, Senator Coons, who who was one of those a Democrat from Delaware who voted for it, he said, "Look, I supported this, but he chided the administration pretty t- uh, strongly, and so did others. I mean, a lot of the initiative is coming from uh, Democratic members who are now." you know, looking back, they did what they had to do for the administration, but um, now they are, you know, seeing that the dangers that are uh, inherent in this, and you have the, there's for instance um, uh, the uh, QASM legislation, that's Q-A-S-S-A-M, quarantining the Atollas State Sponsored Aggression and Militancy Act, which I thought was really an interesting name, but (laughs) they are They are looking to introduce uh, uh, financial and other uh, means to to hit the the Iranian armed forces, the IRGC and others, and that anybody who does business with them or supports them in other ways would be impacted by this kind of uh, of legislation and then one that that uh, if you remember, we discussed uh, a while ago about uh, uh, allowing states to initiate sa- sanctions against uh, Iran. And today, states that have legislation in the works, and if if this, in fact, had been a treaty, if, in fact, it had been voted by the Senate and treated as an international agreement, then that would supersede state law. But because it didn't, and as we tried to explain at the time, um, they, they couldn't bring it to a vote. And had there been a vote, it was 58-42, the last count in the Senate, uh, against the bill, it would have been defeated. But the, the fact that there was no vote means... That states are not precluded from adopting additional sanctions.
0: Right. We spoke at that time about the, uh, political machinations that were going on to make sure the mm-hmm. system would be in place to get the deal that was wanted from the White House, so. Uh, America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live. From the Sonya and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. No weekly update next week, uh, although normally on December 25th I am here. I'm the guest speaker at the Mayanote Yeshiva High School, and I thank them for that. Malcolm and I will reconvene two weeks from today. Uh I, I feel it's important, I mean, I mentioned this last week also, and again, on the whole subject of becoming immune to it and wondering what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through, another ramming attack this week at a place that I bet most of this audience knows about, certainly most of the audience has traveled to Israel, uh there at the String Bridge in Yerushalayim, and uh no deaths, but many injuries and some heartbreaking stories, of course. Uh, I just feel like I have to bring it up each week, as, especially as we read now that Israel is gearing up for what they believe are going to be more terror attacks and more significance, so I just, um, you know, I feel that it's got to be mentioned that we had, we, we have to remember what's happening there on a regular basis. Um, in addition, it, oh yeah, Adam, sorry.
8: Yeah, it is a serious issue that people become so regularized to these mm. attacks that they hardly get, and number one, any general coverage. It's why the Daily Alert, which I hope everybody by now is reading dailyalert.org, um, in addition to the Jewish World Review, that they. Um, that we make sure to include reports on it, because the general press is not any more fo- uh, focusing. And we have to remember that people are being hurt. That many of these these people are hurt seriously. If they don't get killed, it's it's not. A, it's hardly even a statistic anymore. And um, and we see that Abbas is continuing the incitement. And he's justified this week in his speech two days ago. Yeah. This as a popular uprising, and meaning the violence that was uh, that's being carried out. And today he blamed the United States. Well, well he blames everybody, but he's always yeah. blaming everything else. You know, as somebody told me, they, they, everybody blames everything on El Nino and Bibi, <laughs> and they blame Bibi for El Nino. So, <laughs> the, uh, and Mashal of Hamas, he called for blood, uh, blood jihad, and and. Unfortunately, in the latest study, two thirds of the people in the West Bank support the violence, and we see this now in a pattern of repeated uh, public opinion uh, polls. And if you remember, all this was predicated on this idea that Al-Aqsa is under siege, and that Abbas keeps using that as a as a rallying point and the the uh, and instigating a religious war. Not a territorial dispute, not a political conflict, but this became, it's becoming a religious war. And it's interesting that Yusuf Zaidan, who's a, a recognized Egyptian scholar, uh, on, on, uh, Cairo television, spoke about the fact that this is not the al-Aqsa that's mentioned in the Quran, that there's a different al-Aqsa in Ta'if, which is where he went. He said this didn't even exist at the time of Muhammad, and, and, uh, in fact, it was called an, uh, a-E-L-I-A, which was the Roman name, and there were no mosques in Jerusalem. And that the Caliph of Damascus, he says, Ibn Marwan, was the one who created it. It was part of a political game. So the whole history is, is a complete distortion, and his uh, uh, exhortations, which continue, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, is, and, and the, the fact that Hamas and others take advantage of it because they see it's a good rallying call.
0: Uh, we gotta get people into schools to teach this to our children.
8: That people... and, and teach them about all the amazing discoveries which continue all the time. Four kids walking in, uh, Ajulam Park during Hanukkah find three Hashmanai coins, coins from the time of the Maccabees, just laying there as they walk in a, in a park. And, uh, we're there, I think, for an archaeological, uh, dig.
0: By the way, speaking of good news and speaking of uh, divine intervention, what did you think of Bibi's reaction finally to the gas deal that he set that he um, that he signed, the offshore gas field that Israel has discovered. Now really could be could I mean tell me if you agree could make Israel an energy exporter.
8: It's absolutely negotiating to be an energy exporter and they're trying to work out understandings with Egyptian um interests there is a, a, a big uh, conflict still between Egypt, Egypt's energy industry and Israel because th- they have to make up for the time and, and compensate Israel for the cutoff of, of uh, oil that was supposed to be delivered. And if you remember, under the Morsi government, uh, they cut it off, and there's a judgment of the uh, $3 billion against them and they, are bulk, um, uh, they don't want to pay, and they are refusing it, and it's become a little bit of a contentious issue. But I think one of the reasons why we're seeing Turkey um, renew the relationship is that they're looking for an alternative to the Russian uh, oil and gas that they get, and Israel, as part of this deal, is talking about uh, a pipeline for natural gas to go from Israel to Turkey, in addition to the other provisions, which include uh, compensation to some of the victims' To the families of the victims or victims of the who were involved in uh, 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 when they had the, this, the breaking of the siege in Gaza and the uh, the siege, the, okay, but, yeah. all, but Israel also uh, received um, uh, some concessions. Not only are they renewing diplomatic relations, which is important. For Israel, Turkey is a very critical country in the in the whole wider geopolitical uh, circumstance, but they're preventing Hamas leaders who were responsible for a lot of giving directions for a lot of the terror in the West Bank from Turkey, from entering Turkey, and, um, uh, and uh, other provisions that were, um, that were included.
0: First of all, on the gas thing, I- is it possible that all this could lead to a closer relationship between Israel and Egypt? They could become more uh,
8: uh, uh, allied,
0: especially as Egypt continues to get threats from everywhere, it seems. If anyone
8: could, big, if but you know that Egypt has a bigger find than Israel. It's estimated mm. it will take years to develop it, but they they have a huge find uh, as well. Uh, so all of this could, if if Cyprus, Israel, and Egypt together work together, they can become a major source of energy for the world and provide alternatives. Whether it's for for to Russia for for uh, Europeans who are wholly dependent on Russian gas or it could be for export to the east. You know, China devours all the energy it can, and it it could have broad implications, absolutely.
0: The other thing is, you know, I read about the Turkey deal. Why was I under the impression (laughs) that there already was a formal diplomatic renewal between Israel and Turkey, and that everything having to do with the flotilla had basically been, you know, apologized for and all the arrangements were made? Didn't we go through this whole routine before?
8: (laughs) Well, Israel did apologize, and there were negotiations when the uh, Prime Minister called uh, Erdogan about a year ago. Uh, but it, it it's all stopped, and Erdogan did not allow it really to progress. And they had the elections, other things, in, in, in Egypt, uh, in uh, Turkey. But I think now his situation has deteriorated. The economic situation with the Russians cutting off tourism, cutting off um, uh, trade with them. I think that the fighting in Syria the, and um, There are other considerations, I think, for Turkey in doing this. I would not look for Halcyon, period. I don't think that this is going to end his criticisms of Israel and his flirtations with the the terrorist organizations, but I think that the situation in Syria, the threats on his border, other needs, and all the time, by the way, that he was doing this, the trade between Turkey and Israel has been increasing, which means that the people themselves were not participating in this kind of, of boycott. And when he looks and he sees that in Syria, Russia is clearly digging in for a long-term involvement. And you know they've now got more air force bases. They have the one, and now supposedly in Homs the second that they will have four bases. They have in in Latakia 30 fixed aircraft initially, and now more than double and double the number of helicopters. 25 long-range bombers. They're there and they're operating, and their naval forces off the coast. Uh, so. This is not a temporary involvement, and I think that the Turks look at this and say, "We got to find friends wherever we can," and the 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 so the this which has been in the offing for a long time, and the United States pressed for it, um, is a result of that.
0: Yeah. tell me about the significance of this brand new submarine heading to Israel this week.
8: Every submarine becomes; uh, it, it's not just the addition of another ship, but it's It has great significance because of their mobility, because it gives Israel a first-strike capacity, and um, uh, it it is the only Mediterranean power, really, to have them. Iran has their own self-made submarines. Other countries have one or two, but these are are, uh, specially equipped and uh, have great strategic value.
0: This one's state-of-the-art, huh? It is this is a 2016 edition. I mean, I was reading about it it's It's insane what what they have what they
8: have yeah, these but we're, what we're seeing you know the influx of of more and more weapons and and look how Russia is firing missiles from the Mediterranean and elsewhere in this show of force and it's not a military necessity. They have these twenty five bombers. They don't need to shoot missiles from from ships it's a It's a show of power. It's to it's say, look at the capacity we have. We are back in the game. We are a military power. I can shoot missiles from submarines. I can shoot missiles from ships in the Mediterranean. And you guys better pay attention to us.
0: What do you think of the L.A. school system uh, closing for over half a million kids with the threats that came in uh, this week?
8: Well, I think criticism of them, uh, you know, is unfair because it's a, it's a toss-up. And, and the, the New York police decided that there wasn't a credible threat. And the L.A. police uh, went into this uh, best action mode. People say it's panic mode. But I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in a position because what if, God forbid, something actually happened? But the – and the fact that they, you know, focused a lot of attention on the fact that um, Allah didn't have a capital A in the note is, uh, is interesting. I mean, you know, the, today, if you notice, most of the emails and stuff you get, they don't capitalize on okay. commas. They don't have anything. <laughs> So I'm not sure people know anymore <laughs> how you capitalize something.
0: Yeah, well, they know how to capitalize on a bomb threat, I'll tell you that much. They got however I, half a million kids to miss school.
8: And, and again, we have to anticipate that there, there's going to be a, a lot more of this and that they play, this builds up fear. It's, I'm not saying it's part of ISIS or that this is even part of an organized effort. It could be, you know, kids who didn't want to take a test that day will call in bomb threats. But you see how nervous the American people and how seriously our law enforcement and others take this stuff that a few years ago might have been dismissed as you know uh, a crank call.
0: There was a uh, there was there was um, chemical elements found in the keypad of a shul in Paris, not the one we were at a different shul in Paris, and that was a, a different type of attack. I mean, you, these days you just don't know what's going to happen where and
8: when. That's true. Simple and, as that. And, and and you see all the manifestations that. By people thinking they're coming together, um, you know. The, you see the Egyptian pilots flying in Israeli air force in airspace. You see Jordanian pilots coming on a quote working visit, and, and one of them who refused to go was actually kicked out of the air force in, in Jordan. That the um, uh, people are are breaking down barriers because the, this, this threat is so much larger than what any one country. Uh, can handle and, and whether it's on the intelligence level or on other levels, you know, the United States said they lost thousands of uh, track of thousands of foreigners who had visas pulled um, because of security reasons under the terror threat. And if you don't have complete cooperation with foreign powers and with others to keep keep track of uh, of all of this, no country itself, uh, as you see in Europe in particular. Uh, and and then you have things like the Kuwait Airlines this week, mm-hmm. which you remember when we discussed yeah. this in our law lawfare project. We took the lead, and uh, credit to the um, Port Authority and to the Department of Justice. But Kuwait Airlines, rather than allowing Israelis to fly on one route, just from New York to London, suspended it. Yep. They suspended it. We're willing to take the loss <laughs> rather than let Israelis just fly. It's not flying to to, to Kuwait itself, which is not, uh, they still will fly from New York to Kuwait.
0: But were they caving into threats or boycotts? I mean, do do we know what was going on in uh... there?
8: In Kuwait, it's the law. You cannot, they will not admit people who come with Israeli passports. And therefore, and so they, uh, but Kuwait extended it uh, to London. Because on the Kuwaiti flights, they say, look, if you have an Israeli passport, when you get there, you, you have no place to go. They won't admit you, so we won't take you. But London will certainly take them. And um, so I think that uh, it tells you there's still the deep-seated problems that we face.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, the I read that uh, Argentina is not cooperating with Iran, or they've officially cut off ties with Iran about the '94 bombing investigation.
8: What this is very important. What's happening there? First, you know the elections in Venezuela and the ramifications. But
0: and by the way, and, in- and as you answer the question, you you have spoken to us for years about the South American connection to Iran and how they how some of these countries are are really becoming a you know a bastion in South America for the Iranians. Is that changing now because of the current atmosphere?
8: Worse, getting worse. All the time, I had a briefing yesterday. Even with these movements guy. by Argentina, thirty to forty thousand agents, doubling number of diplomatic missions, eighty new cultural centers in South America, expanding their activities from Argentina to Mexico, expanding all the time both Hezbollah and Iranian direct building facilities, military activities, to tra- terrorist training. But Argentina's election is huge because Macri, the new president actually and his wife lit hanukkah candles in the presidential palace they are not jewish but they, uh, right. they signed and the the um uh, and and remember that hezbollah raises money through illicit businesses drug smuggling they operate out of the tribe border or area uh but they but more importantly is that we're seeing that those activities are spreading including into the united states both uh, illicit drugs, illicit cigarettes, other things that yield them hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year. That the change in Argentina is twofold. One is that they canceled the deal with Iran that was reached by uh, for, uh, by, by President Kushner, the wife, um, which allowed, which essentially exculpated the Iranian officials who were involved in the bombing of the Amia. It, it sort of squashed the the investigation. Mm-hmm. That has been canceled. They've renewed the investigation. Right. And they also reopened the file that Nisman, the prosecutor who was murdered, if you remember, the sure. morning before his testimony, they've reopened that investigation now and have gone to the courts to, to allow them to start again the prosecutions and looking into the role of uh, uh, Fernandez de Kushner and uh, Foreign Minister Timmerman in the cover-up of uh, uh, in, in, in dealing with Iran and all sorts of... Um, Illicit activities between them, which was part of the, the, the what, what, what Nisman was uh, investigating in before his tragic murder.
0: Yeah. Um, and as we conclude this segment, after what we just said regarding what's happening in Israel, a Palestinian motorist attempted to carry out a vehicular terror attack against Israeli security forces at the Columbia crossing in the West Bank. Friday afternoon, the IDF said the terrorist was shot at the scene. No reported injuries on the israeli side so that all continues and it is remarkable i think you said this last week it is remarkable how israelis especially in the form of the idf and others who are standing around the security officials are able to act as quickly as they are you know some. well i don't know if i should say this publicly but whatever let's just say that not 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 all emergency services medical and otherwise medical and police respond (laughs) the way we see the response in israel
8: that's true, and, there, you know, there was a dispute because the order was given to treat terrorists in the yeah. same way, you know, whoever's the most seriously wounded, whether it's the terrorist or the victims of the terror, and I understand fully why people rejected that and said you first treat the victims regardless, and then whatever, then you pay attention to the the terrorists. But as you know, they're taken to Israeli hospitals and they're treated, and uh, and we're likely to see that this will continue um, it's very hard to, to crush it completely, but and, and look at how the media reports it as if as if they, you know the victims, the Palestinian victims or Arab victims, are you know victims of terror in the same way. When in fact they're the perpetrators yeah. in most of the cases. There was one who, who was killed in one of the attacks, but the the, the fact that the Israelis are responding when what do you do when guys are coming with knives and guns and killing people. You kill them, and you, you take them out, or, or neutralize them, as they say, and if they can do it with keeping them alive, they do, but if not, then they have to take the action that is necessary to to neutralize them. And we're seeing you know, things that, that are off the front pages, like the reports about Hamas and Islamic uh, IS's uh, Sinai uh, troops. And if you remember, I, I alluded to this last week, but now also this week everybody's starting to pay attention to it, about the level of cooperation, how Hamas is smuggling tens of thousands of dollars to to, to IS in in the Sinai. The commander of the Islamic State in the Sinai has been in Gaza. They're coordinating. They're they're transferring weapons both ways. uh, IS smuggles it into Gaza, but Gaza also smuggles weapons to them, including anti-tank missiles and other things which have caused heavy losses to the Egyptian forces. And... uh, and, and they are also, some of them are, are responsible for some of the rocket fire uh, from Sinai uh, into Israel, and they're sharing their knowledge and, and the experience with that. But the, the, the nature of this uh, cooperation and the increasing capacity there is, is of, uh, of a lot of concern, and it's why the Israeli-Egyptian cooperation, amongst other reasons, is um, is so significant, and you, you know in Sinai you have now they say a thousand heavily armed Bedouins who are affiliated with Islamic state with is uh, pose a threat to the Egyptian troops and forces, and the they 're convinced that Hamas the Egyptians are convinced that Hamas is sustaining this effort to undermine the government control in the Sinai, which is why they 've taken the heavy actions they have in closing the tunnels and trying to limit their ability to get weapons and support and assistance.
0: Wow, it's amazing how much has to be monitored. It's just unbelievable.
8: And, and you know, we didn't even get into the story in Yemen about what's happening there, in Qatar, but all of it is interrelated. That's the important thing. But we did have an important thing with the UAW, uh, United Oral Workers, their international union, rejected a BDS effort by mm. a group of, uh, on, in a California university, that are affiliated with them, and um, uh, that, that, again, is an important statement that the uh, bds is rejected by the american people and hopefully more people will take strong actions and when we read about a dentist being denied security clearance because he has relatives in israel uh... security clearance to be a dentist in a civilian in in a not on a military base uh, we should all pay attention to it <laughs> because there's there's still discrimination there hundred and six such cases in the last decade who went to appeal, which means that there are many more that never went to appeal, and we still see this kind of discrimination.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, We'll speak two weeks from today. My topic next week, by the way, at Mayanad Yeshiva High School is prayer, and if there's one thing I've learned from you today, we have a lot to pray for.
8: (laughs) We We have a lot of good things to pray for also, and a lot of good things to celebrate, and uh, even though it's post Hanukkah, we still remember the miracles of Hanukkah that are still taking place. So, again, knowing about the dangers and knowing what's happening, I gave you examples of all the good things, how the increased cooperation, even what's happening with Turkey. Right. These are all positive signs that we should not overlook.
0: 100%. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak job. in uh, two weeks. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Our next weekly update will be two weeks from today. As I mentioned, 25th of December, I'm usually here, um, but I am... Uh, going to ask one of our amazing hosts here at JMM to take over so I could be at Mayanot Yeshiva High School for a presentation next Friday morning. I'm very much looking forward to it. 23 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's a Friday morning here at JMM. Naomi Nachman coming up next at 9 with another great edition of Table for Two. All day long, our Ketum presentation of the uh, Erev Shabbos music mix, which is amazing. That goes all the way until candlelighting time. Make sure to be tuned in at JMNAM.org and, of course, on the NSN app. And you can comment on the NSN app on anything you hear at any time, and I certainly hope you will. Amazing programming all through the weekend, including Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami, happening tomorrow night at 9 p.m., including Matis with JM Sunday. That happens on Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Matis is so dedicated to those two hours every single week. He's dedicated to the entire week with us every single week. But those two hours, he makes sure to present live every single week between 7 and 9 with News from Israel, with Morning Chizuk and a whole bunch of amazing materials to make sure you're tuned in to J.M. Sunday to start your Sunday morning, no matter where around the world you may be. And I want to thank Rabbi, um, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler in West Orange, New Jersey, who participates in our Saturday Night Seagull Show tomorrow night and every week with a wonderful Dvar Torah. It is much appreciated, and I thank him very much. Uh, this time each and every Friday morning, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden. Spiritual leader of Congregation Shomre Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
9: Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha's Vayigash. Parsha's Vayigash is a most emotional Parsha. We find this is the passionate plea of Yehuda. When he pleads before thinking it's the viceroy in Egypt, in reality his brother Yosef. And I urge you to bring to the table tonight Mem Memches 48 and go to Pasuk 5. Ki hinei hamlochim no adu. Literally, behold, the kings assembled. So the pshat, the literal interpretation, according to the radak, is nations gathered to attack Yerushalayim, they were scared and they left. However, the rabbis understand this in the medrash, Lochim <laughs> hamlochim Adu, the kings are Yehuda and Yosef, each representing a different Moshiach. There will be the Moshiach ben Yosef and the Moshiach ben David. And there is a struggle between them, who ultimately is going to lead the Jewish people. Avru Yachtov, Oscarol translates, they came together. The Medrash understands the word Avru from Evra. There's a lot of anger there between the two of them, vying for the ultimate position of leadership within the Jewish community. Ultimately, we know our name is Yehudim and not Yosefim. We find in this parsha that Yosef could not hold himself back anymore and he reveals himself to his brothers and Yaakov comes down and you have that very emotional reunion between father and son. I'd like to focus on the very emotional reunion between Yosef and Binyamin, so bring the chumash to the table tonight, and you are a few psukim before Revi'i, in chapter forty-five. You'll go to pasuk fourteen, and the Torah tells us that Al Binyamin Ochiv Vayevk. Literally, he Yosef. Fell upon his brother, Binyamin's neck, and he cried, Uvinyamin, Pacha al Savarov. And Binyamin wept on his neck. Now, if I were to ask anybody, what didn't you understand in this verse? And the answer is, I think it's quite obvious. The Torah is telling us of a very emotional encounter the two brothers, the only two sons of Rachel and Yaakov. They are finally reunited after 22 years. It's a most emotional moment. Is there anything you didn't understand? I think we all do understand the literal meaning of this text. Rashi comes along and Rashi helps us. Wait a minute. Helps us? What does Rashi say? On the first part, that Joseph fell upon Binyamin's neck, so clearly picking up on the plural, savre on, quote, the two necks, or basically the two sides of his neck, says, Rashi, al-Shnei mikdoshos. Why was Joseph crying? He was crying for the two base hamigdosh, shazidim lios pechelkosho binyamin, that in the future would be in the portion of Binyamin, and so for chorev and they would in the end be destroyed. And Binyamin cries on Yosef's neck. Says Rashi, a Mishkan Shilo, because of literally the sanctuary that was in Shilo for several hundred years. Once prior to the Beis Hamikdash, Shasidun Leos. Bechel Koshon Yosef, that would be in Yosef's territory, and once again, Sofol he it would be destroyed. Very strange. Perhaps, look at the verse, and you could say the verse could have been condensed. Vayipol The Torah could have said simply, and they cried, without the second half, and it would be understood that each one was crying. I'd like to suggest the following idea. And that is as follows. We know that there are different levels and layers of interpretation of Torah. There is what we call pshat, which is understood as the literal understanding. And that, I think, is quite clear. An emotional moment, the two brothers cry. However, there's also a remez. There's also a very strong hint that the Torah is providing us, and that is as follows. Where are Yosef and Benjamin? They are now in Mitzrayim. What are they doing there? Well, God assured Avraham, Yodoa teida, this is non-negotiable, says God to Avraham in chapter 15 in Bereshis. You shall surely know, ki Geri Zarachob Eretz Lolohem, that your children are going to be strangers in a land which is not theirs. And va'avodum They're going to be made into slaves, the and they're going to be oppressed and persecuted. This has to happen. The Jewish people have to come down to Egypt. It's God's plan. We will be taken out of Egypt, we will be brought to Sinai, and this is the Korah Barzel, as the Torah calls it in the fifth book. This is literally the manner in which we were purged of our impurities and readied for Sinai. However, here it comes. Har beish luchim there are many different ways that God could have brought the Jewish people down to Egypt. There could have been a plan B and there could have been a plan C. But unfortunately, what was the plan? It was plan A. And what did we do and how did we come down to Egypt? We came down to Egypt with sin nas chinam. Because unfortunately the brothers hated one another. We came down to Egypt because of lo yochlu dabru l'shalom. Because they could not speak speak kindly, respectfully, peaceably one to another. So the Torah is unfortunately hinting to us that Yosef and Binyamin, of course they are caught up in the moment. Of course it is to be understood that they were so happy to see one another after 22 years. But, upon reflection, there is a further cry that they were able to see into the future that the same causes that brought about the exile and brought them into exile now and ultimately to destruction, that this would be the same causes in the future, that the B'Shamidosh is going to be destroyed because of the breakdown man-to-man, because of Sinas chinum, that throughout Jewish history there's going to be this Terrible divisiveness amongst the people. Instead of focusing on that which unites us, and there is so much that does unite us, unfortunately, we focus on those areas which separate us, which we really should not do. Let's remember, Yaakov blesses each one. Of the Shvatim in next week's parsha of VaYechi, each one has their own character, and as Rev. Yakov Kamenetsky says so beautifully in his "M'sli Yakov" in parshas Bamidbar, where you have the Jewish people. Encamped around the Mishkan, as long as the Mishkan is in the center, there are no less than 12 different ways to come close and relate to God. Be it intellectually, be it emotionally, be it through business, be it through Torah. There are so many different ways that the person, be it through science, that one can come to Torah. And we have to respect the other one who comes to Torah through their way, and this is so important, because this coming Tuesday is Asar Teves, the tenth day of the month of Teves, the Navi Zachariah, and I know the table is getting crowded, we've already brought the Tehillim for Perik Memches Pasokei, we brought the Chumash for Perik Memhei Pasuk Yedalad. And now we're bringing, it's a long night, the Navi Zachariah from Treyasar, and we're turning to chapter 8, and we're going to Pasuk 19, and there the Navi says, and the Navi promises, strong word, that Somoravi'i, the fast of the fourth month, which is the month of Tammuz, Nisan is the first month, Iyar the second, Sibon the third, Tammuz the fourth, the fast of the fourth month, which is Shavosah batamuz when they broke through the walls of Yerushalayim three weeks prior to tishabav in conjunction with the second base of Migdash. And Soma Hamishi, which is Tisha B'Av. And Soma Shevi, which is Tzom Gedalia in Tishrei. And Somo Asiri, which is this Tuesday, the tenth day of the tenth month, says the Navi, and he promises us, Tovim. These fast days will be holidays. Please God, we, our children, our grandchildren, will not have to fast on these fast days. They will become holidays. But until that point, we need to fast. What happened on? Asorah So we know that on Asorah B'Teves, the Navi Yecheskel, who was in Bavel, was told by God to write down that on this day, this was the day that the Ruach put a siege around Yerushalayim, in conjunction with the destruction of the first base of Migdosh. The siege lasted for two and a half years and unfortunately this was the quote beginning of the end which led to the ultimate destruction of the first Pesach Migdash which literally the second one paled was considered like the moon as opposed to the first base of Migdash, which was the sun. Meaning there was so much more, there was so much more of the divine presence found in the first base of Migdash than there was in the second. Our rabbis tell us that in each and every generation, when the base of Migdash was not built, so we have to realize that, yes, it was destroyed in their day, but it wasn't built in our day. We share some of that responsibility. And that's what we take upon ourselves this Tuesday. Unfortunately, some of the responsibility. And therefore, we try to learn on Asar B'teves the message that the Torah is communicating to us through Yosef and Binyamin. Otherwise, you have to ask yourself, why is this put in the Torah in the first place? And the answer is, as the... Maharal, in his Gur Arye says, this moment, a very personal one, a very private one, a very emotional one, between Yosef and Binyamin, this too is Masayovos Siman Labanim, is literally a portent for the future. And we pray that we will learn from the mistakes of yesteryear, and we will come to appreciate and look upon the good in the next one, as opposed to, ouch, looking upon the negative, thereby helping to bring about, we pray speedily in our day, the prophecy of the Navi Zachariah. Shabbat Shalom to all.
5: es asabos ailasois es
0: And the Kalbach Vishamrud done by uh Yehuda Solomon and Company here at JM. Sixteen minutes before nine o'clock, it's a JM Friday morning broadcast. Coming up at um there we go. Coming up at uh can't even think anymore. At nine o'clock it's Naomi Nachman. She'll be doing a uh, another brand new edition of a Table for Two. Uh, that happened starting at uh, 9 o'clock this morning until 10. Today, let me just bring up Naomi's uh, lineup. Today, she's going to be uh, speaking with Seth Levitt of Abels & Hyman, showing the brand-new line of salads, and Serena Rafi of Serena Fardick Cooking, and Michael Solzbank from Claire's Kosher Kitchen, a commercial kosher kitchen in Queens. All three of them are her guests, coming up between 9 and 10 this morning. The video is already up at NahumSiegel.com. You can see the show And you could hear everything starting at 9 o'clock on jamnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app, followed by the Kedem presentation of our amazing Arab Shabbos music mix, which I must say is pretty amazing. That goes all the way until candle lighting. Um, Some very prominent rabbis have recommended that, uh, upon occasion, I uh, study on the air in memory of my mother's Sefer Avas Chesed, which is the laws of Chesed, of the Chavetz Chaim, and we've done this um, a few times before, and I appreciate uh, the indulgence of the audience as we do this in memory of uh, Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Chavitz Chaim writes, Understand clearly that this proactive mitzvah of lending money is only in the context of the lender having discretionary mon- money that can be used for, that, for this purpose. But if he doesn't have any spare money, he is not obligated to go out and borrow money in order to lend it out to someone else, even though the lender knows the borrower is trustworthy or if the borrower gives him security. That to do so is not obligatory, but rather is part of the trait of kindness. And If the lender has his money tied to a loan he gave to some other person and the due date arrived for a loan repayment, there are those halakhic authorities who hold that it is as though he has available spare money and the lender is obligated to go to that other person and collect back his loan and then lend it to this man. Obviously, this is so if his money is being held to safekeeping by someone else, And without a doubt, according to the unanimous opinion of all of our authorities, the lender cannot excuse himself from lending out his money merely because that money is not literally in his home. Since there's a halachic rule that money, anything being held for safekeeping for someone is always considered as being in possession of its owner, no matter where that money or article may be at that moment, and so he must take that money and lend it out. And if the lender is too lazy to do this, then the law requires him to borrow money from someone else in order to lend it to this man. This is uh, one of the um, halachos, one of the guidelines in Sefer Avas Chesed, in a topic that we have been exploring about lending money. And uh, for those of us who never thought there were laws that governed this, uh, the Chavetz Chaim proved otherwise with this amazing work, Sefer Avas Chesed, in memory of uh, Esther Basr, Yosef, Halevi, and I thank you for your indulgence. J.M. and in the AM, reminder, uh, on tomorrow night, uh, Avrami is going to be hosting Saturday Night Seagull. It's going to be presented starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at org, and on the NSN app. Featuring words of Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler on the Torah portion. And um, Sunday morning, it's Matis, of course. J.M. Sunday starts at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, make sure to be tuned in. He'll have a Goldwasser. He'll have News from Israel. has an amazing program each and every Sunday. J.M. Sunday with Matis kicks off our week officially Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget, court report. Elliot Weiselberg has court reports 7 p.m. on Sunday on our stream and on the uh, NSN app. So you can be up to date on everything happening in Yeshiva League Sports basketball hockey etc more coming up this is a Friday morning edition of Jm in the am candle lighting by the way candle lighting at 411 on this Arab Shabbos is by ygosh. Jam in the am, Love you a ton. Friday morning, clouds, sun later on with a high 51. Can you believe it's going to be 33 degrees tonight? Boo. <laughs> As next week uh, continues, it'll warm up again. So I said last night that at some point it's going to happen, the 5-degree weather, but apparently we're okay for the next few days in this area. Jam and the AM, ready to wrap things up here on a Friday morning Erev of Shabbos. As I said, Naomi Nachman, a brand new edition of Table for Two coming up next. You can see it all on Nachum You can hear it on Jam and the AM.org and on the NSN app. Want to thank uh, Maya Mayanote Yeshiva High School. I just got the official email. You're invited to join your daughters and experience our Friday morning Mayanote Minion. Minion starts at eight, will be followed by breakfast and special guest speaker Nachum Siegel. On the topic, a radio announcer's perspective on prayer. Thank you to our Tfila committee. Thank you, Tfila committee, for arranging the program. At 9.30, the day of big ideas begins. So I'm the warm-up act for the day of big ideas. (laughs) I have no big ideas. I'm just the warm-up act. Uh, But right after that, the day of big ideas includes uh, former Rhodes Scholar Dr. Jeremy Dauber, Um, Mrs. Tamara Pell, Mrs. Randy Bernstein, Mrs. Enid Goldberg, Dr. Julie Goldstein, Mrs. Esther Slumnicki, Mrs. Yael Weil, all participating on a Day of Big Ideas, formerly known as the Day of Study in the Liberal Arts and Sciences. So there you have it. Anybody out there wants information, you can contact Pam Ennis at the MyNote Yeshiva High School if you want to sponsor the event or if you want to be there. And I look forward to uh, being the Warm-Up Act um, after their minion this coming Friday morning. Bezrat Hashem. A week from today, so we're not. I will not be here a week from today. Usually the 25th of December, I am purposely so, but obviously for this because of this invitation, I will not be here a week from today. Uh, we will not have the weekly update. That'll return two weeks from today here at JM in the AM. All right, so that's our schedule, and I thank you all for your patience. On that, Tuesday's a fast day, a Bateves. Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, is a fast day, a Bateves. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas by Yigash with candle lighting at 4.11 on this Erev Shabbos. 4.11, your official candle lighting time. Time to take it Shabbos. It's Journeys at JM in the AM. Sheryl and Atli Mechem are brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Have a great week for us here at jm i thank all of you for tuning in um monday morning we're back starting at 6 a.m plenty of updates about what's happening out there in our community we'll have that for you between six and nine monday morning mat is sunday starting at seven of rummy tomorrow night starting at nine o'clock for saturday night seagull make sure to be tuned into all of our great weekend programming Naomi nachman is coming up next the aussie gourmet has table for two between 9 and 10 this morning at jmam.org and on the NSN app. Have a fabulous shop. Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Malcolm Siegel reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.